From a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. Hi, everyone. You are tuned in to Talk with Francesca. And in the next hour, you're going to know a little bit more than you do now. So stay with me here. A little housekeeping. My web address is talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you miss part of this show, you can mosey on over to my iTunes page and listen there. And I would love you to leave a review. This show is sponsored by Antico Forno in the North End, when you will only accept the absolute best in Italian food, great service, and a super fun setting. Antico Forno is your go-to spot. I know because it also happens to be my favorite. All right, we are going to dive right in. We've got a lot to cover. More than 60 years after John F. Kennedy's assassination, Diana DeVay, an 84-year-old New York woman, has broken her silence on an alleged love affair between the two. According to Diana, Kennedy courted her in 1958 when she was a 20-year-old student at Radcliffe. The pair continued their affair for four years. It ended a year before his assassination. She chose to go public now to help other women who are engrossed in relationships where she feels there are unequal power dynamics. She says the whole idea of conferred specialness, you go to bed with me, I'll make you special. We've seen a lot of that with Harvey Weinstein and Roger Ailes. Big welcome to you, Diana. Thank you for your generosity with your feelings. I think a lot of us would like to know a whole lot more. Well, I think you're extremely kind, and please tell me what more about what specifically? Well, my very first question would be, why now such intimacy with your feelings to the whole world? It's been how many years? 64 years? Something like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Well, part of it very much is that it seems to me not enough has changed. I mean, there is still a kind of I mean, now it's called celebrity culture, right? And so everybody wants to be seen with a famous person because that will bestow fame upon them, and it will be contagious. It will be just great because once famous person X has shown his light upon you, you will become, become what? See, that's the question to me. Mm-hmm. And... I'm afraid that I think there are a lot of young women who are still, I mean, whether they are succeeding in attracting the celebrity they want or not, it's the idea of it. It's the idea that relationships between human beings do not involve mutual mutuality, mm-hmm. connection, affection, a sense of who are you? Who are you today? Who are you last week? Who will you be in a month? You're a psychotherapist, is that right, Diana? Yes, that is true. Did, I am okay, a social yeah. worker in private practice. Okay, so well, let me just ask you something. One question, why, because this isn't just celebrities, this is, you know, women have affairs with married men, and there are definitely some there's a difference. Not Some women would just, no way, no matter who it is. It could be the President of the United States. It could be, 
you know, right. it, it could be anybody, man in power. It doesn't have to be a man in power. But why do women have affairs with married men, do you think? Well, I, women have affairs with married men because they have lost track of who they are and they have settled for something that is a kind of imitation of what we have been told is a wonderful relationship. I mean, I, if we are talking about married men who are successful, uh, wealthy, sophisticated, glamorous, is what I think we're talking about, mm-hmm. um, then we're saying that the young woman does not have a sense of her own potential, her own possibility, and a desire to do the work to become fully herself. But that could be, and that could be um, not necessarily married men. That could be just a, a super high-powered guy. Uh, sure. Right? Right. Yes. So, it, right. But 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 when a woman has an affair with, and I know that women do have affairs with married men, and then the men do leave leave their wives, and then they do end up, you know, with this other woman. That does happen on occasion, but more often than not, the men right. are just having fun, right? Exactly. So, um, so let's talk about your affair with JFK. Did you ever say to yourself? I'm doing something wrong. This is bad for the president. This is bad for the country. Did you, do you ever think about that? I thought about I'm doing something wrong a great deal. I did not think I'm doing something bad for the president or for the country. Um, in the first place, I, I think that there was a way in which Everyone around John Kennedy was part of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it wasn't just his personal entourage. It was the Georgetown hostesses. It was the press corps. It was everybody. And I sort of didn't want to know that there were many other women. But hmm, maybe I knew a little bit. So so he was with other women when he was with you during that four-year relationship? I don't, I have no idea, but certainly there were women who came after, there were women, and I don't, I'm not sitting here counting in which year which woman was supposed to be where, <laughs> uh, actually. <laughs> there is a little something else going on in my life, but at the time, don't forget, we are talking about the 50s. And a 20-year-old girl. And a girl. 20-year-old. I was a, girl. a junior at Radcliffe. Right. You were a girl I mean, still, right? I was a girl. Right. And it was very, very questionable. Nice girls did not have sex. And yet, eventually, it came clear to me that I was either going to have sex with this man or he wasn't going to care about me anymore. Uh, why were and, you so enamored by him? Gosh, Francesca. <laughs> I mean, would anybody... He was Apollo. He was the Lord of Light. He was handsome. He was vital. He was funny. He was self-deprecating. He was easy, easy, easy. Uh, Life is just so terrific. Charming, charismatic, an Adonis, all that, right? 
all that, mm. right? Mm. And, I mean, there I was, uh, a student at Radcliffe, so I think that had a little appeal for him, and I was a rather waspy young woman, which had appeal for him, and I was probably pretty enough, and that has its appeal. So, to me, there was not a... He really was special. I mean, I was at Radcliffe, which means that I was part of Harvard University. Now, the men of Harvard University tend to think that they are super special. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that thought has come to anybody, but the people who teach there, I mean, what could be grander than to be a Harvard professor? People who knew everything. And in those days, without the Internet, without Wikipedia, without all these things, knowing things was hard work, right? You had to do research. You had to take books out of the library. You had to read chapters and chapters and chapters. You had to take notes. You, uh, it was hard work. Um, so here came, I mean, I was in a circle of people who felt they were super special. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came from a family. My father thought he was rather special. And Well, that so- explains it then. Right? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. and not No, not the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. That's not the right expression I'm looking for. But that women tend to go after men who are similar to their fathers, wouldn't you say? Yes. Mm-hmm. There's always that one. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, my father was handsome mm-hmm. and charismatic mm-hmm. and successful mm-hmm. and knew no end of people. So, so you knew hello. nothing else about that kind of a, That was the kind of man that you were attracted to. Yes. Mm. And mm-hmm. sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that's interesting though because I think and there was a time in my life when I was m- much younger. Well, not even that much younger, but you know, back maybe 20 years ago or so where um that type of man was real I was really attracted to that high-powered yeah. super successful, charismatic. They walk into a room and the room lights up. Um and um as I grew into my own, you know, I came into sort of my own self, that that type of man actually became kind of almost, I don't know if I would say obnoxious, but I could, it was just, it was, it was to me... Next written, door to obnoxious. Excuse me? I said next door to obnoxious. Yeah, kind of, you know, like you could read yeah. narcissism um, yeah. all over him. And, you know, it's it becomes really... You know, it's really obvious to me now when there's that super, you know, that super charismatic, good-looking, doesn't even have to be good-looking. Sometimes they're not even, right? But if they have that charisma, um, you know, that just can bring a woman down. Um, But, you know, once I became my own person, and that took time in my life, but that, that kind of man is, became less attractive, and I found them very fake um so anyway i'm getting a signal here from our producer that we do need to take a break so listeners uh stay with us here we will be right back this is life don't miss it This is Talk with Francesca I'm Francesca Luca we'll talk more in just a bit on 959 WATD Tides is beachside dining at its best 
all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat. Tide specializes in casual dining with food that's delicious, not pretentious. On a warm day, enjoy a frosty pint at their bar or the sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach. Or enjoy an incredible meal in their dining room anytime. Tides guarantees you great atmosphere with superior service. The menu at Tides is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out the drink menu at Tides for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with state-of-the-art tap wines. Tides is unbeatable anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Visit TidesNahan.com. Looking for a private and comfortable experience on the South Shore to have your medical spa and wellness treatments? Well, you've found the place. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness's nurse practitioners succeed in combining lasers, medical skin treatments, and art to give you that rejuvenated look and feel. Rejuve's practitioners will help undo skin damage from sun exposure, rid unwanted hair, and treat the signs of aging and gravity. Are you feeling stressed, experiencing hormone changes, or weight gain? You are not alone. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness can help you on your journey to live well and be well. Embrace the fountain of youth. Visit rejuvema.com to begin your journey of self-care today. A whole new house is a lot right now. Redesign your current home could be just what you're looking for. Consult with interior decorator Grace Beltrami if you're just moving in or would like to get the most out of where you've been. Grace Beltrami can make any house a home or your current home even homier. Find the best color scheme for any room. Bring out the brilliance every room was meant for with a lighting and floor plan. Grace Beltrami is also a professional organizer. Find out what you've been missing in the kitchen and make your closet space pop with organizational elegance. You know those shows where someone rehabilitates a home they just bought? Your project is just an after picture waiting to happen. It doesn't have to belong to anybody but you. Call Grace Beltrami today at 508-493-8604 or visit her at gracebelldecor.com and bring out the beauty in your home. I'm Francesca Luca, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. And we are back, and we are talking about JFK and the Radcliffe girl. More than 60 years ago, John F. Kennedy's assassination, more than 60 years after John F. Kennedy's assassination, Diana DeVay, who was also my guest this evening, an 84-year-old psychotherapist, has broken her silence on an alleged love affair between the two. According to Diana, Kennedy quoted her in 1958 when she was just 20 years old at Radcliffe. The pair continued their affair for four years, and it ended a year before his assassination. Big welcome back to you, Diana. Thanks for joining us tonight. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. How would you describe, Diana, that 20-year-old girl? And notice I say girl because she still, to me, was a girl. Right? At 20 years old, you're still a girl. Absolutely. Um, The first word that comes up is gullible. Uh. I believed everything. I believed what my parents had told me about how the world was. I believed romantic love and, you know, deeply meaningful glances between two people. I believed that there were, I mean, the the horrors of the 50s, that white people are better than people of color, that rich people are better than poor people, that, uh, 
old people. Those days, old people are better than young people. I mean, the the whole litany of racism and sexism and anti-Semitism. But it was all in a very... Um, it came with intelligence and reading and culture and art and, you know, that we are high-minded people and we want what is best in the world and for other people, not just for ourselves. So that, to me, I, I just was incredibly gullible and I believed much too much rather than my own experience, because my own experience was tremendously limited. I'd been in all-girls schools for 12 years. I came to Radcliffe, you know, what is it, 10,000 men of Harvard, um, and 800 women of, of Radcliffe. I thought, I, I don't know how I can put it more clearly. I really believed what I was told, and what I was told, I now believe, was largely nonsense so but you're okay so you I'm sure that you were maybe not told that having an affair with a married man um, was terrible was terrible wrong whatever you know I mean I'm, mm-hmm. you probably weren't told that but I'm sure that from where you come from that your parents um, instilled in you right and wrong of course right so so despite that um, you had the affair anyway so um, what, I guess, well, it's two questions. One is, what was your relationship with your father? Well, um, could I put that one on hold yes. for a minute mm-hmm. and just go back? I mean, in other words, I knew that nice girls were not supposed to have sex. I knew that you wouldn't want wait, to wait, have wait, That nice girls weren't supposed to have sex? Is that what you just said? I just said that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> After marriage. <laughs> Until that, after they're married. Yeah. After marriage. After marriage. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Um, there was a, a phrase then. What was it? Now, wait. I want to get it straight. Why buy the cow when mm, you can get, get the, the milk, milk for, for free? free. <laughs> I mean, that's the way the mm. culture was back then. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, the idea that one would have an affair with a married man, you wouldn't even mention that because that was so completely unthinkable. But nobody was really taking into account this tremendous pressure to be special and that there were special people in the world and then there, you know, there are people who count and then there are... mm, you know, the rest, mm-hmm. the, the not special people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, of course, one would want to be special. And if one was found to be special by someone who was extremely dynamic and attractive, who was a senator, who and senators then were in rather more held, held in more esteem than they are now, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But um, there were rumors from the beginning that he was going to run for president. So it wasn't that there was a person who who was not special himself. And I, I think, believe that specialness would be contagious, mm-hmm. that somehow it would rub off on me. 
Well, and that's then not I'd be yeah. special. Well, that's not so far fetched, and it's not even necessarily gull- gullible. I mean, you know, what is it? What's that um, expression? You know, look at the five most important people in your life. You know, and then look at yourself. And I mean, people, birds of a feather. You know, I mean, people do look at the people that you you hang with, right? <laughs> it, they they do. I mean, this is just part of part of life. We don't, you know, it's not a, a judgment necessarily. It's just that, you know, it, it's it's kind of the way it is. Wouldn't you agree? I I think that's true. I mean, I think that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that I felt a tremendous need to be singled out and to be special. Mm-hmm. And when John Kennedy focused on me, I thought, oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I'll be special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be wonderful. Now, what does it take to be special? Hmm. I mean... There were months of just going to rallies and going to dinners and going to this and that before there was the closing in of, you know, uh, the next level of the, of the relationship. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is a way in which once our feelings, once our adrenaline gets going, that's a very big deal. And we don't, particularly when we're young, you know, we're not supposed to be so smart and so wise. We're supposed to be full of energy and hope and, and adrenaline, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when I was around John Kennedy, my adrenaline was up, up, up. Oh, I'm Just sure. no getting around it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and when you say, you, you started to ask me and I sort of, did a roundabout to the question before about my relationship with my father. I mean, my father was, uh, he was a very intimidating person. And I adored him, but I was afraid of him. And So he, you don't consider yourself, spe- you weren't special to him? You'll, you don't think- I, I think he thought I was special, but it was... He decided I was special, and so I became special. I don't think that, you know, that, I mean, fatherhood was not something that came particularly natural, naturally to him. I think that he was brought up in Hungary in a very formal family, mm-hmm. and he was educated by the Hungarian equivalent of the Jesuits. So... This was a rather rigid life, and um, so I walked on tippy toes around my father. I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted him not to be angry at me. That yeah. was my, the first order of business: was do not have father angry at you. Oh, was he an right? angry man? Oh yes, incredibly charming, and then he would just. Rage. Mm. Was JFK and angry? Not that I ever saw. Mm. No. Um, I mean, but he did not have that sort of. My father had very sort of boiling emotions. Mm. When he loved something, he really loved it. And if he, 
you know, if he read a book that he thought was wonderful, he'd buy 12 copies and send them to everybody. Or Passionate, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And JFK and, was passionate, too, wasn't he? Not according to me, not so much. Really? I mean, no. I'm not I talking mean, about physical passion. I'm just talking about, you know, passionate about his work, his, his position. No? Yes. No? I think so, but I think he was not particularly going to show that to me. He was more about being charming and self-deprecating and easygoing, and this is all so nice and so fun, and you're such a special girl. Oh, that's really smart, what you just said. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. So I was not, he was not talking to me about what was going to happen with the Russians or what he was going to do about civil rights or... How was... Oh, right. He was, no. he was on a mission. Yes. Mm. Exactly. What did and, he... And frankly, I, I'm sorry. I no, go ahead. Wanna... No, go ahead. He talked about those subjects with men. Mm-hmm. This was not women's work. Oh. Uh. This was not... I mean, how many women were there? There were many women in JFK's life, but in terms of cabinet positions, in terms of responsible leadership. In, I mean, think of the press corps at the time. Mm-hmm. There were one or two women in, with 100 men. I mean... Right. So there were men's subjects, and then there was life with women. Uh-huh. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, um, I'd love it if you could tell our listeners what JFK meant in your life. Listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. This is life. Don't miss it. I appreciate you hanging out with me. More talk on the way here on 95.9 WATD. You need help around the house. You need a handyman. How do you find just the one you're looking for? Go to locally owned and operated handymanconnection.com. Handyman Connection puts you in touch with one of their carefully screened and background-checked craftsmen. You get the best help around for maintenance, installation, and remodeling services, carpentry, tiling, and flooring, and assistance with aging in place upgrades to your home. Handyman Connection also provides you with free in-home estimates and a one-year written warranty on labor from one of their experienced professionals. Call 781-829-3030 or visit handymanconnection.com. Your connection to quality craftsmen on the South Shore. One call, one connection. Plan a wonderful evening in Boston's North End, highlighted by one of the neighborhood's best-kept secrets, Antico Forno. Renowned as one of the world's most authentic Italian restaurants, Antico Forno provides you with an unforgettable dining experience featuring world-class traditional Italian dishes cooked in their beautiful brick oven. Outdoor dining is now available too. Whether seated inside or enjoying an evening under the stars, when you eat at Antico Forno, you feel like part of the family. Antico Forno is open seven days a week. See their menu and make your reservation online at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Looking for a private and comfortable experience on the South Shore to have your medical spa and wellness treatments? Well, you've found the place. 
Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness's nurse practitioners succeed in combining lasers, medical skin treatments, and art to give you that rejuvenated look and feel. Rejuve's practitioners will help undo skin damage from sun exposure, rid unwanted hair, and treat the signs of aging and gravity. Are you feeling stressed, experiencing hormone changes, or weight gain? You are not alone. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness can help you on your journey to live well and be well. Embrace the fountain of you. Visit rejuvema.com to begin your journey of self-care today. HM Auto Detailing handles entire fleets of vehicles for local businesses, and they're ready to make your car, truck, or SUV shine like new. Do you stare at that spill from when your coffee got away? Are you sad about the bag of groceries that toppled and stained? Maybe the kid's last food fight left war wounds in your vehicle. Or it just might be time for a good cleaning. Get a fresh start with HM Auto Detailing. Same day service, over 10 years experience. They even detail boats and aircraft. Call HM Auto Detailing today, 781-738-3301. 781-738-3301. HM Auto Detailing. 156 Union Street in Rockland. Now for more talk with Francesca on 95.9 WATD. And we are back and we are talking about JFK and the Radcliffe Girl. Diana DeVay is my guest this evening. She's an 84-year-old psychotherapist who's broken her silence on an alleged love affair between the two. And according to Diana, Kennedy courted her when she was just 20 years old. And uh, the pair continued their affair for four years. It ended a year before his assassination. So welcome back, Diana. Thanks for joining us tonight on Talk with Francesca. It's a pleasure for me. So, Diana... What did JFK mean in your life? Well, I mean, obviously that has changed over time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in the moment, what it was was a very problematic situation because there I had sort of committed myself to my belief in being special through association with a special person, right? Mm-hmm. And I certainly found a very special person. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole world was in love with John Kennedy. Do you know what I mean? Oh, not- I do. I remember the morning that he was uh, assassinated. I remember my mother crying terribly. The kids came home from school. It was really quite an ordeal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, I'm going to be special because of this special man. And I had all the anxiety. I had all the adrenaline. I had the all, oh, I hope, I hope that I'm really looking pretty. Oh, I hope that I'm just being charming. Oh, I hope that I say the right thing. Mm -hmm. All of that that went on and on. Right. And then... As it became clear that things were not so copacetic, Mm -hmm. as he lost interest in me, I lost interest in me. I thought, oh, Oh, no, I I must be Mm -hmm. not very interesting. Mm -hmm. I must be not very pretty. I must be not really a lot of fun or not clever or not witty or not 
-hmm. Not, not, not. And so by the time the relationship ended, uh, I felt very low. I mean, I didn't feel that this had been a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had been a sort of careful lessening and, and, you know, a careful fade out. I mean, it wasn't that one day he said, well, that's it, I'm finished with you, goodbye, kaboom. Mm -hmm. Not a bit. I mean, there was, you know, more time between telephone calls, between meetings, whatever. Mm -hmm. Then my father died, and I had this Uh, moment uh. where I thought, okay, I'm going to go away. This is, I'm not going to try and pretend to be interested in foreign policy and in legislative agendas and in this and that. I... I don't like this situation. I want to leave Washington. And there was this entirely fortuitous one word that changed my life, which was when McGeorge Bundy asked me to come in and see him and express his condolences about my father and whatever. And he said, so what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm going to Paris. Well... I had no more thought of going to Paris than fly to the moon. I mean, I had thought I would like to leave Washington. I'd like to have a job not at the National Security Council, but go to Paris? What was I going to do in Paris? Right. But I was so literal-minded, I ended up going to Paris. And it was the saving of me, I believe, because... In Paris, although everybody was interested in Le Président Kennedy and Madame Kennedy and her beauty and her clothes and her jewels, it wasn't like being in a company town, mm, right? right? Washington, yes. D.C., it's just saturated. Right. All it is is the White House and what's going on. So you would really needed to remove yourself from it? Yes. Did you have and any competitive feelings towards Jackie Kennedy at all? No. no. I mean... She just seemed so completely, I mean, she was remote, she was gracious, she moved serenely through everything. Whoa, I wasn't, I blushed, I stammered, I got anxious, I, you know. And so for me, I mean, he didn't speak about his marriage, so I didn't speak about his marriage. Um, Did you think he loved you? I wanted to think that. Did you love him? Oh, I thought so. Hmm. I mean, but I think now my idea of love was basically um, a combination of adrenaline and hormones and wishful thinking and, oh my God, this is a glamorous life, going to these dinner parties and going to the White House and doing this and that. So, Did you enjoy the the danger? I'm tremendously chicken. <laughs> I did not. Well, for I a just, chicken, that's a pretty dangerous thing. <laughs> well, but I mean, I didn't swashbuckle through it. I, you know, I thought, oh, it makes me so anxious. And um, so that by the time I left the United States and fetched up in Paris, I really was ready for something else. Yeah. And... I was just very fortunate. 
uh, I got interested in the theater. And the great thing about the theater, not that I ever had the career I wish I had, I mean, I wanted to have, but it, there is, it's all consuming. I mean, once you get interested in theater, once you start reading plays, oh, yeah. once yeah. you start, yeah. I went, I, when I came back, I went to the Yale Drama School. Oh. Um, oh. And, you know, I was, I had two years of being taught with Stella Adler. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. I thought she was absolutely a goddess. I mean, beautiful, witty, funny. And she could analyze a script in a way that was just beyond, it was so clear. People's motives were clear. The, the movement of the scene was clear. She was a really remarkable person. And of course, she had all the politics in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, she was part of the group theater. And uh, Did you ever think of JFK as being like an actor? I wonder. I mean, I would sometimes look at him and wonder, what is he thinking? What's going on here? Like what? Give us an example. Um, well, there was a time when I had met him at the Hotel Carlisle, and there was a lot of, it was supposed to be just the two of us, and there was a lot of telephone. Mm-hmm. And... There was a way in which he would just stare out the window, and his body was almost rigid. And apparently, I mean, I think he must have been letting somebody talk through something, mm-hmm. but there wasn't ever much back and forth that I could see. I'm sure there was among the men. But, but that was not, and you know, socially, he could not have been more adept. I mean, mm-hmm. a compliment here, a kiss there, a, a witticism over here, that fabulous smile over there. I mean, he just was a dancer mm-hmm. in full possession of all of his faculties. There was just nothing more terrific than a room of people all just vibrating to his energy, and he would walk through it and smile and laugh and shake hands and kiss people and just, it was, I mean, I guess it was an actor doing a fantastic performance of being a human being. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I mean, uh, it was very remarkable. Do you think he it's had any I, guilt at all? I really don't think so, because it certainly didn't show up in his behavior. And I think if you have certain feelings, it will show up in your behavior. And he kept going through women and going through women. Um, And some of the women were more sophisticated, and some of the women were less sophisticated, and some of the women were older, and some of the women were younger. But just keeping, I mean, rummaging through women the way you rummage through clothes in an old trunk. I mean, I think a little more humanity than that, but 
Hmm. Why do you think that was? But before you answer that question, why he had so many women, we're going to take a short break. So listeners, stay with us here. Got some interesting information coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is life. Don't miss it. More talk with Francesca coming right up on 95.9 WATD. Looking for a private and comfortable experience on the South Shore to have your medical spa and wellness treatments? Well, you've found the place. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness's nurse practitioners succeed in combining lasers, medical skin treatments, and art to give you that rejuvenated look and feel. Rejuve's practitioners will help undo skin damage from sun exposure, rid unwanted hair, and treat the signs of aging and gravity. Are you feeling stressed, experiencing hormone changes, or weight gain? You are not alone. Rejuve Medical Spa and Wellness can help you on your journey to live well and be well. Embrace the fountain of youth. Visit rejuvema.com to begin your journey of self-care today. Who doesn't go to the hair salon to liven up their looks? Though sometimes you look worse on the way out than you did walking in. You can expect something different at Hair Design Fationa. With a super modern feel that can hardly be mistaken for suburban, a full-service hair salon, they offer cuts, color, highlighting, and formal design. Fationa is originally from Europe where she owned her own salon. With an impressive following, she won't disappoint. I know because I can tell you from my own experience, I felt transformed and you will too. So if you're looking to turn a few heads, call Fationa today at 781-964-3770. Conveniently located at 834 Washington Street in Braintree or visit her on Facebook. That number again is 781-964-3770. Call today, you'll be thrilled. I know you will. Need a reliable place for your pet? Does your dog crave extra stimulation instead of social isolation? Sign up for doggy daycare at the Dog's Den in Pembroke. With two separate yards and plenty of supervision, your dog will have a ball and tug-of-war toys and plenty of new friends. The Dog's Den also specializes in grooming. Each groomer at the Dog's Den has decades of experience and will leave your furry friend refreshed and ready for their next adventure. Schedule your grooming or daycare today at thedogsdengrooming.com. Looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia Ristorante, a true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End. This cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceiling specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. And Terramia Ristorante also offers outdoor dining. Since opening in 1993, Terramia Ristorante has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than just red sauce. Over the years, the innovative and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing, and best of all, it's reasonably priced. For indoor or outdoor dining, the best kept secret is worth the trip. Terramia Ristorante. Call 617-523-3112 or visit terramiaristorante.com. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca. The talk continues on 95.9 WATD. All right, we are back, and I am speaking with Diana DeVay. She's an 84-year-old psychotherapist who has broken her silence on her affair with JFK. He courted her in 1958 when she was just a 20-year-old student at Radcliffe. The relationship continued for four years, and it ended a year before his assassination. So... 
Diana, why do you think, I asked you before the break, why do you think that um, JFK had so many women? Uh, what Do you think he had an addiction, or what do you think that could have been? Oh, Francesca, I really want to stay a million miles. I have. <laughs> I, for me to try and therapize John Kennedy. It's something I'm going to... Therapize. Not therapize. I'm not going to tiptoe away. I'm going to run and gallop away from that one. Uh, all right. Well, let me ask you a different question then. Did he ever tell you why he was drawn to you? And I guess part B of that question is or was, did you believe him when he told you what it was about you that he enjoyed? <laughs> Oh, really? Um, did I believe him? I mean, I just lived for his praise and appreciation. Um, never love. I really want to be clear about that. I, I was the French housewife of taking sort of appreciations and compliments and turning them into deeply meaningful relationship. I mean... Well, you were only 20 years old. <laughs> Yes, and then I was 21, and I was 22, and, you know, yes, I wasn't so smart, because I really, really wanted him to love me. I wanted to be the best girl. Was and it, was it a, a one, did you think that you were having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with him? Did you think there was anybody else? Well, no. Other than his wife? No. Did you I have, didn't think so. Did you I ever mean, meet, eventually. Yeah. Did you ever meet uh, Jackie? Sorry. No, I was just going to say, did you ever meet Jackie Kennedy? Well, I met her twice at the hairdresser. Oh. So, I mean... <laughs> 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 uh, um, interesting. Yes. I mean, we were going in the elevator up someplace. I mean, up to the third floor, whatever it was. Um, you kind of look like her. I mean, I think that would be very charming, but oh, you're a beautiful but woman. anyway. But anyway um, yeah, so you, but, but I mean, did you ever have a conversation with her? No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. And of course, part of, uh, I mean, A, I really want to stress how much I wanted this man to think I was special. Mm -hmm. And he fed me enough, you know, scraps to make me think that he thought I was special. Did you ever think you'd have a future with him? Well, what is a future? I mean, I, I don't was know. At college. <laughs> I was a senior at college. Then I went to a year of graduate school, and I learned to, to learn Arabic. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Washington. So this was, you know, a future. A future is one year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, Monica Lewinsky thought that, uh, according to her... Uh, was there a TED Talk, or I forget where I, I forget where oh. I, I heard this, but she thought that there was some chance that she would end up being with Bill Clinton. Gosh. Yeah. Well, um, however, you, I'm glad you brought her up because I watched her TED Talk a few days ago, and I think she is so impressive. Oh. And I really want to focus the fact that the difference between my life and the social circle I moved in and the uh, White House and the Georgetown stuff was so different. I mean, because everybody was keeping everything quiet. 
and she had the internet. I mean, 22 million people slut shaming her. I, it's just horrific. Oh, talk about shame. Endured. Oh my god. But but so she was publicly shamed, but back to you, did you did you feel any shame at all um while you well, were having Of course I did. You did. Of course I did because I was having sex. Oh, was it because you were having sex or was it because you were having sex with a married no. man? Nah. Mm-hmm. Just just because you were having sex? Yes. Well, I guess it was back in 1950s, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. It was very different then. And I mean, married man and a Roman Catholic. Hello. Mm. Roman Catholic Church in principle believes in the sanctity of marriage. Meant nothing to him, so hey. So why would it mean anything to you if it didn't mean anything to him if you were living so vicariously through him? Yes. Right? And exactly. Cuz sometimes uh, when a woman really attaches and sort of you know, yeah, attaches to a man and lives through him. She also adopts his way of thinking. I mean, well, that happens in, with course. couples, right? Anyway, so but so I was curious if he didn't, um, you know, really care. Why well, did you? Exactly. But why did you though? Because you're you're saying that that you did, I mean, but he didn't. I'm saying I had shame because I was having sex, and that was not the correct thing to be doing. Um, the other thing was... But did you I, like it? Did you enjoy the sex with him because it was enjoyable, or did you enjoy the sex with him because he made you feel special? That's a question I'm not going to answer. Okay. I'm going to walk right away from that. <laughs> I'm sorry oh, you are a there. chicken, for crying out loud. Yeah. Really. <laughs> what is the matter with me? Well, okay, well then, but you know what, well then let me just say this, because sometimes when a woman is, um, well, I I think that if you're not really in touch with yourself, and if you don't really, um, you know, have a good sense of yourself, that, um, you know, you can't really be free to explore uh, your sexuality and your your feelings in a really authentic way and that it, but if you are with someone because they are they make you feel special uh then your the, the joy is actually coming or that well i don't even know if i would call it joy but the 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 good feelings that you're getting are really coming from that superficial place rather than right yes i mean look i i think one thing I would love for listeners to consider is that, from my point of view, the price of a one, what I call a one-way relationship, mm-hmm. in other words, where one partner calls the shots, he says, he, he decides how often he'll call you, he decides how often he'll see you, he decides you know, what you're going to do, whether that will be what his idea of fun is, what his idea of... Uh, interesting evening is. It's a one-way relationship. I did not call up John Kennedy and say, listen, you said to me (laughs) the sky is blue the other day, and I don't think I agree with you, (laughs) and I want to have a fight with you about that. Oh, how ho-hum. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How boring, for crying out loud. (laughs) Really? But next week when you come back, and listeners, I just want to let you know that Diana DeBay is going to be with us also next week. What I would love to share with our listening audience before we say goodnight tonight is that 
um, our focus next week is not really going to be so much on um, your affair with JFK, but rather, you know, that you say it took you years to recover from the affair. And, you know, was this about a lack of self-respect? And if you could do it all over again, would you? Do you regret it? So we're going to talk about those kinds of things and, and what this kind of imbalance of power um, can do to a woman, um, especially a young woman, and in this kind of a situation. So just want to let our listeners know, Diana, that you will be back with us next week. Kevin, how much time do we have left? And two minutes left. So, but before um, we say good night, Diana, I just want to ask you with just two minutes left, is there anything that you want to say about um, your affair or JFK in the next two minutes before we say good night and, and meet again next week? I... The thing about that affair was that it really convinced me that validation would, could come from the outside uh-huh. instead of self-respect from within, self-acceptance from within. I was more than ever convinced that really who I was depended on what other people thought of me. And to me, that is such a dangerous and dreadful place to be because you're always at the mercy of whoever is looking at you squint-eyed or you know what are people saying and the anxiety that goes into what do people think of me and did I do it right and did I say it right mm-hmm. and right what, am a, what I a prison okay? what a prison it's a prison exactly, exactly Francesca exactly all right Diana DeVay, thanks so much for joining us tonight on Talk with Francesca. We will meet again next week. Listeners, hope you enjoyed the show. See you next week. Same time, same place. Make it a great week. What if you took the time to really soak it in? Cause someday you're gonna wish you did. Like a September morning, like snow without a warning, like how the summer feels upon your skin.
don't miss it.